0: The following program is made possible by the Friends and Partners of Creation Today.
1: Why are they called fossil fuels? Where does oil actually come from? Is it is it really fossilized plants and animals that died over a period of millions of years and does that mean that that dinosaurs are actually what turned into oil? And and how do we get so much of it and And at the rate we're using it, it's around 94 million barrels every single day. How long is this stuff gonna last? Well, we're gonna answer some of those questions today on The Creation Today Show.
0: Welcome to The Creation Today Show, where we bring together interviews with experts and solid Bible teaching. Your host, Eric Hovind,
1: affirms the ultimate authority of God's Word, the truth of creation and why it matters to you. Hey guys, welcome to the Creation Today show. I'm Eric Hoven and I'm being joined live by our Creation Today partners. Hey guys, good to see you on here. Uh, You're gonna love listening to today's show. So Lester and Lisa and Gary and PK and Brad and Cheryl and Christy and Gary and Andrew and Barbara and Paul. Oh, our friend Paul is on here. Paul, love you, buddy. Uh, and Sue and Terry, anyway, thank you all for joining me for Creation Today, uh, the show. Uh, I, I, I love putting these together, and I love being discipled right along with you as we learn more about God's Word and God's Word. Hey, partners, I wanted to remind you guys real quick, uh, you are invited to join us on the trip of a lifetime. We have eight seats left on our Grand Canyon tour that is coming up in June. And we would love for you to join us on that. It's something we do every year. It's truly amazing. All you got to do is go to creationtoday.org slash grand canyon if you want to check out the details on that trip but it is it is three days and three nights and amazing just truly awesome to get to walk the rim of the canyon to go on a raft trip down 17 miles of the canyon experienced horseshoe bend from the river it's see dinosaur footprints it really is a great trip and we'd love you to go with us so only eight seats left would love to have you guys fill those last eight seats so come on over to creationtoday.org grand canyon and uh, see if you can come with us. Hey, we also want to welcome those of you that are peeking into the Creation Today community by way of Facebook, YouTube, our podcast listeners, or the television program. You are gonna get a lot out of the first half of this conversation, and you're also invited to join us for the second half of the conversation as well. To get the second half, just head on over to creationtoday.org slash partner to partner with Creation Today for any amount you'd like to help us reach the world with the gospel, through the creation message it's by partnering with creation today that you not only help us uh, help us reach the world and and change the world one person at a time by giving people a a biblical worldview but you also get access to all of our shows that we've done uh, past present and future so we'd love for you to come over to creationtoday.org partner you're just literally one step away from partnering with us and it'd be a delight to see you or your family or your business Help us reach the world. All right, partners, I want you to throw in the comments here, how much have you learned about black gold? How much do you know about oil? i tell you what, why don't you throw in the comments what you think oil is made out of and why you throw that in the comments. I'll pull that up and I'll introduce my guest today while you guys are telling me what oil is made of and where it came from. My guest today received his Master of Science in Geology almost 40 years ago from the University of Wyoming. He got a Master of Science in Hydrogeology in 1993 from Western Michigan University. Then he got his PhD in Geology in 1996 from Western Michigan University. And from 1984 to 1992, he worked as as an uh, exploration geologist for Chevron. He actually developed oil drilling prospects and he analyzed assets and leasing purchases that they were doing. Uh, He was a professor and the geoscience chair at Delta College in Michigan for 17 years. So he's been around the block. And finally in 2013 began a whole nother career by joining the science staff at the Institute for Creation Research. And I'm so thankful for him. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today, Dr. Tim Clary. Dr. Clary, how you doing buddy? I'm doing really good thank you very much for inviting me on to your show ah man i love it i enjoyed time with you last year we did a show last year together called uh rock solid no what was the show was it rock solid evidence of a worldwide flood yeah rock yeah. solid evidence of a worldwide flood and uh loved about it we got to talk a little bit about your book and i'm actually wanting to get into your book again today because <laughs> i want to talk about oil something that we use every day something that a lot of us take advantage of and don't really think much about but Th- this this is something that people try to use as an old Earth evidence, and I think it's actually a young Earth evidence. And so I want to get into that with you today. And that's cool. By the way, great book, really really good book. Thank you. Um, Thank you so okay. much. Okay. So you are a geologist, so and you literally work for oil companies. So do you know at least a little something about oil that you can tell us today? Can we get into this? Well, sure. I, I know I know a little bit. Uh, maybe more than the average person on the street, uh, but uh, you know we we.
0: Had- our job was to find it. And then unfortunately, as geologists, if you find too much, they lay you off because their oil prices crash. And so we're the only profession, I think, that if you are too good at your job, you end up losing your job. But that I was never thought about that. that. was God's plan all along, which I didn't realize at the time for me to go back and get my PhD, but I never would have gone back. And so I kind of felt like Jonah, you know, until I got thrown over the side and got laid off. Then I went back for my Ph.D. Or, or I would have been happy to work for an oil company for 30 years and
1: retire. Yeah, because you're probably making some pretty decent money doing that. <laughs> yeah. So, that, yeah. I like, yeah, 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 Hey, lay the <laughs> treasures in heaven,
0: baby, just like me, well, okay? It's, Let's again, go. it's it's not all about the money because the more money you make, the more money you spend. and so it's That's just, true. You know, it's just, and I realized, you know, God wants us dependent on him. Jesus wants us to depend on him, not on... Our own devices, our own, you know, thoughts, our own uh, way. We work hard, whatever the case is. He wants it to work hard for him,
1: like you say, build up treasures in heaven. Yeah, you know, that's. I, I, let me just shout out to our partners, guys. This is what makes Dr. Clary and I very thankful for people like you who go, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give some of my resources to help fund the research that you're doing, Dr. Clary, and fund the research that ICR is doing, and and help Creation Today produce programs. And so, just shout out to you guys. Thank you for making us. Uh, able to even do what we do at this time. It really is, it really is a blessing. We appreciate that. Um, okay, I got, a, I got a lot of questions for you, Dr. Claire. I don't know if I should just start taking off my questions or if we should jump right into oil and how it formed, but I, I'm, I'm wondering about what does the Bible say about oil? How long have we known? Because it seems like when oil was first discovered a couple hundred years ago, uh, I mean, before this time we were dependent on oil, but we got it from like whales. And used a type of oil there, and then it went to kerosene, if I understand correctly, and then from kerosene it went into to oil. So the history of oil is fascinating to me. But you guys just worked on finding it, and now they teach in the education program that it took millions of years to form. Can you can you just start by giving us kind of an, an overview of of oil so we can know what we're talking about here? Okay, oil. Uh, you know, you, the name of your show today is dinosaurs
0: and oil, and that's probably not the case. Oil mostly really? comes from marine algae and marine plankton that was buried rapidly during the flood year. And so it didn't decompose like today, there's a lot of marine algae and plankton that dies and decomposes, gets eaten up and never turns into the source rocks that we look for in the oil and gas business. We look for rocks buried really quickly. Uh, You have to bury these plankton and the flood year sets it up perfectly for all this deposition to take place. Rapid burial of, of organics, just like we see fossils all over the world evidence of the global flood, we see source rocks, oil source rocks all over the world uh, that became the oil that we are now producing today. So I like to look at the big picture of things as God planned this. He knew we would need the oil today for this generation, for the last 150 years or so. He knew we needed energy. And even during the chaos and the judgment of the flood and the death and the destruction taking place, he provided oil and coal and all these fossil fuels that we talk about that we're using to power our world, to power our economies, to to make our lives better, to turn the electricity on, like in our rooms and and be able to do these podcasts. You couldn't do any of that without oil. Even the plastics we make, we use to make oil, about 40% of the oil is made into plastics. And so we wouldn't have any plastics, you wouldn't have your cell phones, you wouldn't have your cars, you wouldn't have your computers,
1: all these things we use plastics for all comes from oil.
0: But it's all because of marine
1: algae. Marine algae. Okay, I was gonna say. So here's some of the things that we were thinking as our, our creation day partners: decaying organic matter, uh, animal and plant remains, mainly petroleum. Uh, coal is from uh, you know from buried trees and plant life. Uh, hydrocarbons, which that's actually what oil is, is is hydrocarbons, right? That's Carbons of hydrogen that are strung together. Christie said, "I don't know a lot, but my husband works for an oil company." Well, congratulations. <laughs> that's great. pretty good. So no, I mean but really, you would say it's the it's the marine algae, it's the stuff living in the oceans, the tiny stuff that actually turned into oil.
0: Correct. That's that seems to be, and they've done studies, and I'll show a few, a couple of my slides actually show some of the chemistry involved, and they can kind of fingerprint the rocks and the oil that they find that they find nearby. And they can kind of see that there's the same chemistry, the same organic structures are found in those rocks as they are in the oil that they find nearby. So there's different types of oil. There's different thicknesses of oil, different you know, grades of oil, they call it gravity. Uh, some of the technical terms, you know, you can get some that's almost ready-made gasoline all the way down to really thick crude oil, that tar sand they talk about up in Alberta, Canada, those tar sands, those are heavily biodegraded oils. They're just, all that's left is the tar and they have to kind of steam that oil out of it. Now, before I forget, you can make coal into oil. There's some amount of coal, you can actually work coal. And uh, this, this does happen in Australia and places uh, they use a lot of coal resources, and they can make a, a type of oil out of that, depending on the type of coal. Uh, but most of our oil, most of the crude oil we talk about, is mostly from marine algae and marine plankton. It was in the oceans uh, that year of the flood, and they, they were continually being buried at different levels. You have different source rocks throughout the rock record. Uh, and, and so there's a lot of it early, and there's some of it later. And so there's, there's plenty of oil out there. and uh, We just, you know or tapping the surface of some of it but unfortunately it doesn't last long it's not millions of years old we'll talk about that as we go too
1: i was gonna say i got a video i can't show right now i was gonna show it in the second half uh so i don't get kicked off youtube when i show it uh but it's it's literally somebody going through here's how oil forms it's a 60 second video that goes oil is formed by marine algae gumming down getting covered up and getting buried and getting squished into oil and i'm like how much have they thought through this process? I mean, is it really possible for that to happen slowly over long periods of time? Um, okay, in your, what you're about to show us in your PowerPoint, do you get into, like, biblical times? Because Robert has the same question I had written down. What about, what about you know, the, the Bible times? I mean, how was Noah able to cover the ark in pitch? And and uh, where is oil mentioned in the Bible? Are you going to get into that? Or is that, can, I, can yes. I ask you that now?
0: Yes, I am. Actually, those are the, the first okay. instances of real oil and, and what, what people kind of presume to be oil. Uh, you know, Noah, we'll get into that a little bit. And so we'll, we'll discuss that because that's a common misconception that you know even people like me had until you talk to people that know more about Hebrew than I do. And they <laughs> know it's a different word, blah, blah, blah. And so. We'll talk a little bit about that as we go along I all right let's to get
1: the it. show Hey shout out to our new partners um, thank you guys uh, for partnering with us Colleen and Nicholas and Shannon and and Bill and, uh, Bill and uh, Marilee and Jack and Cindy and Marco and Cheryl. thank you guys so much for partnering with creation today. We just really really appreciate that it helps us reach the world. It's exciting to see what God is doing uh, through the ministry. so thank you guys very much. Awesome. Oh, that looks good to me, buddy. Okay. Well, this is a a talk that I've I've
0: reduced down. Normally, I give a little longer talk. We'll we'll just hit the highlights here. And it's called Fracturing the Fables, as we go through it. And I wanted to point out, you know, in 2020, these are the numbers from 2020, and the colors aren't the best, but it shows that oil and gas make make, give us about 68% of our energy in the United States. So that doesn't even count coal. You can see coal is about 13%, but you add up the 31 and 37, you get 68% of our energy. Nuclear makes up a, a chunk, you know, renewables are the, the blue color there, but still oil and natural gas, which are similar sources, are actually uh, the, the number one resource that we use for energy. So to you know, if you're a politician and you're trying to say, oh, let's get rid of fossil fuels, you know, you would put our world into a tailspin. Deliberately would put us into a tailspin, we would have no civilization like we know today. We'd basically go into the dark ages uh, without oil and gas. And people hear a lot about hydrofracking or fracking, they call it, for short. Uh, we used to do this when I worked for Chevron years ago, but we did it vertically. Well, now, as you can see in the slide, they go down 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 feet down, and they go up six, 7,000 feet out. And they can stay within a few feet as they drill along, and they do really, well, really good directional drilling now compared to what we had in industry 30 years ago. But what they do is they will pressure up the well, seal off a per- certain part, and pump a lot of water in there under high pressure and literally fracture the rocks. Because when you're looking at these source rocks, we used to just drill through them. And you know what you see in the source rocks are a lot of vertical fractures. And so what they do is they go horizontally hitting those vertical fractures. So you hit enough vertical fractures like going through a bookshelf, hitting between all the books, you can actually get water that's flowing in between those books. So in this case, you're looking for oil. And so the oil will actually be in the rocks and you can actually tap into it by hitting enough fractures. You can get a lot of production out of that well. Whereas, years ago, we went through them vertically, you didn't hit enough the fractures, they just, these were the seal rocks, so the source rocks were also the seals vertically as well, in many cases, that would hold the oil in because it's a, usually it's a clay-rich rock. And clay-rich rocks actually will slow down the flow of fluids, and so they retain the fluids, and so they, we looked at them always as seals, and now we're looking at them as, these are the source rocks if you're hydrofracking, so it's it's really spectacular. People complain about hydrofracking a lot as well and try to blame it on everything, like contamination of water wells and things, but you're looking at stuff down five, seven thousand feet down.
1: You're not gonna make any fractures come to the surface in that depth. So I was so, I was wondering that same question, by the way. And and I wonder, okay, just my no, thoughts like could not this be could this be resulting in creating more earthquakes? Are we loosening up some sections of the earth that are causing geo, geologic damage other places?
0: Yes and no. Uh, It's more indirect. And so what happens is once you put that water in, then pump sand in to kind of hold the fractures open, and they pull the water out, even though the water only has a couple percent chemicals in it. Uh, They pull that water out. Because there's some chemicals in it, they have to dispose of that water. So they'll take the water or the truck, and they'll truck it over to another well somewhere else called a water disposal well, and then pump it down a water disposal well. And if you put too much water down the same disposal well, that's what's causing some of the earthquakes that we see in Oklahoma. Here in Texas, the first earthquakes I ever felt were right here in the office at ICR in Dallas, Texas, because they were over pumping fluids from fracking operations nearby down this one particular well. And so the people that own those wells, of course, they like the money. Every gallon going down, they get money. But sometimes they overdo it, and that's what's kind of loosen up the rocks a little bit and caused them to make small earthquakes. So it's really not the fracking process, it's the disposal of the water afterwards, too much in one location. So they've spread it around now, we haven't felt an earthquake here in several years, Uh, so you can fix those problems as well. But fracking is not the problem. Uh, The people that are against fracking are the people that don't want us to produce more oil. And you will see oil actually, uh, and I, I talked to a DNR, Department of Natural Resources geologist back in Michigan when I lived there, he says there's no reason why we, you know fracking is is causing any issues at all. Because what you see on TV is is not what really is going on. There's only one water well he's heard of in the entire country that's been contaminated from fracking. They did too shallow. Interesting. So, but here's okay. kind of a, the, the the water resources and the oil that we have, and you can see down at the bottom is North America, and you can see it took a big jump about 2001, 2002. And that's where we doubled our oil reserves based on fracking. So we now can estimate we have a lot more proven reserves because we can learn the technology of how to hydrofrack underground, you know, 5,000 feet down, 5,000 feet out. And because of that, we've doubled our oil reserves. And other countries as well have kicked up this fracking, although we're mostly doing it in the United States. There's a lot of other shales that we can drill into around the world. Uh, but that's, again, to the people that don't like oil, you know, the extreme environmentalists, whatever reason, you know, they, they don't like that at all, so they really picked on the breaking. But here's what oil really is. It's a natural, occurring organic compound made up of carbon and hydrogen atoms in big, long chains. And it's called a hydrocarbon because it comes from dead things, you know, dead algae, dead plankton that was floating in the, in the water in the oceans and was buried in the flood. And the reason it was buried is because, as I mentioned earlier, is it didn't decay. It didn't have time to decay. It was buried so quickly, that it was sealed into these rocks. And so you often see these really black shales, really thin laminated rock layers that are made out of clay that's been compacted, but they're really black because they're full of organic debris. That seems to be the source of oil. So there's very little oil from animals, maybe a little bit, very little oil from dinosaurs, even though the oil companies like to show that. Uh, I was mostly- going to say
1: Sinclair Oil Company. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, it's, it's mostly marine algae and uh, plankton that seems to be the number one source for oil products. So here's some of the organic chemistry. I know you have a lot of chemists watching. And so everybody wants to see some organic chemistry.
1: That's right, but
0: yes. I took one class in this and I forgot most of them, but you can see that big <laughs> ring, those carbons in a big ring. That's the benzene ring, basically. And everything ties onto that kind of stuff. So if you look at the one on the left side, or so the right side in the middle, that's the basic makeup of a lot of oils and they get things added onto them. But mostly it's carbon and hydrogen, carbon and hydrogen in different sizes. So you get methane, CH4, and butane and... Pentane, different things you work your way up. And eventually, the oils are really long and they make long chains. And that's why they don't mix well with water because water is a very short molecule and the oil oils generally long, bigger compounds. And so they don't really uh, dissolve very well. A little bit of oil dissolves, but not as much as you think. So, oil and water really don't mix well. And it's because of the, the chemistry difference in chemistry between oil and water. But keep in mind, oil is a soft tissue too, just like dinosaur soft tissues. We, talk, we talked about this, I'm sure, on your show. Uh, Brian Thomas here at ICR, you know, he's done his PhD working on this. He's still continuing research into dinosaurs having original proteins, original tissues. And uh, the picture on the far left there uh, with a little arrow, that's the white thing, Mary Schweitzer, these are from her 2005 paper. She could pull that apart and it stretched back like a rubber band. And so, and she tested these and they've tested over and over and over. found These are real organic compounds. They shouldn't be in dinosaur bones if they're really... 68 million years old, or 150 million years old, or there's even some worm proteins they found that are over 500 million years old, supposedly. But yet they can't be that old and still be the original proteins, the original compounds. And oil is the same way. Oil is organic compounds. It can't be old. And yet they tell you that it is. When I worked for Chevron, they told me the oil in Wyoming is 150 million years old. And we're just tapping into these, you know, sealed off reservoirs. They're just sitting there waiting for us. We'll come back to that later. But okay. oil generation is it really it's it's from the kerogen, which is the solid disseminated organic compound that was buried in the rocks. And if you heat it up and the, and the earth itself, as you go deeper, it gets hotter as you go deeper. So if you bury these rocks about 5,000 feet down, and after the flood, the started, to, you know, the earth's internal heat started heating these rocks up that were buried thousands of feet down, and you started to generate little droplets of oil. And those little droplets of oil were transferred along by water. And so water actually, oil kind of gets carried along with the water flow. Uh, It doesn't flow quite as fast because it's a bigger compound, but it does flow along and eventually it'll get trapped somewhere in areas where you have a lot of rocks that seal, almost make an upside down bowl shape. And those are called anticlines in geology, but they're an upside down bowl. And if you have enough clay rock that doesn't allow a lot of fluid flow through it, then you can trap oil because oil is lighter than water and it'll build up an accumulation Uh, sometimes hundreds of millions of barrels in one location in these big massive structures. Uh, But it all has to be going through this process they call as cracking, has to be reached about 60 to 120 degrees Celsius, which I can't do Celsius Fahrenheit in my head. So I apologize to the viewing audience. 100 (laughs) degrees Celsius is boiling 212 degrees Fahrenheit. So you're looking at stuff, uh, you know, right around boiling temperatures of water, but under pressure, it doesn't boil that deep oh, here's the oil window, we call it in geology. You've got to make sure your rocks are buried deep enough to generate the oil. So you can have lots of organic rocks at the surface, but they're not going to make oil if they don't get buried deep enough for the earth to kind of cook them out. And it doesn't take that long, as we'll see a little bit later. If you go too deep, if oil gets down below 20,000 feet, for example, uh, you pretty much just produce methane gas. And so oil can get too hot and kind of cooks off and just becomes... The methane, CH4, and you don't really get the liquid oil. When I was in the industry, liquid oil was was the gold. You know that's what you wanted because it made more money than methane gas. But methane gas is very important. It heats a lot of homes around the world and, and in the United States as well. So that's the gas we talk about. When we're talking gas, we're not talking gasoline because oil has to be made into gasoline. So you take your crude oil and different. You know, there's different thicknesses of the crude oil as I mentioned earlier, and you have to kind of mix them and. And that's what the refineries do. They have to distill the different products out. They had to make kerosene. So you mentioned earlier in your, in, your, in your introduction that you know back in the 19th century we were using whale oil. You know we were hunting sperm whales for their oil because they didn't make a lot of smoke. And then they found that kerosene does the same sort of thing. It burns without making a lot of smoke. And so people's houses didn't get all smoked out at the time. So in reality, geologists saved the whales. <laughs> yeah. So we'll move on and this is the one of the most amazing things that i think this was in 2013 when i started at icr this was released see that was my attempt at humor and so it was, it was an attempt <laughs> well, oil, like. oil can be made in less than 60 minutes under the right conditions you can turn marine algae like they showed here into crude oil in less than 60 minutes at a government research lab wow. now to do that it takes more energy than you know going out and finding oil Uh, to do it but that it proves that the process does in fact work and it can happen very very quickly it doesn't take millions of years under the right conditions this can happen very very quickly and I believe that this happened within about 200 years after the flood you start to see true oil showing up to the surface as we'll see a little bit later so the truth is oil does form quickly it can form quickly and I believe it formed within a few hundred years after the flood and these are some of those shale racks I was talking about earlier if you can see the black Looking rocks that black means those are generally rich in organics. You can get some of these rocks to be up to eight to ten percent organics. And those are the really rich source rocks that can produce a lot of oil. There's still a little bit of a mystery about that, how exactly oil goes from the rocks to the, but they can fingerprint it that you know, this oil came from this rock because they can test the rock for chemistry, they can test the oil nearby. So around the world they can generally find out where the oil came from, you know, which is the local source rock for each of these different oils. But the process is about the same every time. So let's see what the Bible says. Uh, I believe here that oil was generated within about 200 years, depending on how old you believe for exactly the year after the flood when the Tower of Babel was. Some Uh, people say, you know, you've got about 100 to 300 years, uh, depending on the age of Peleg, uh, to kind of tie that down. So I just kind of split the difference and say about 200 years. So it says this in Genesis 11. Then they said to one another, come let us, make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. So here they're using what I believe was real oil. And the, the Hebrew word here uh, is different than what's used earlier on that so-called pitch that was put on the article. We'll talk about a little bit later. But there, here is oil. Within 200 years, you're already getting oil seeps coming to the surface. And there's oil seeps today. Uh, this is a map of Iraq. You see a little bit of Syria and Turkey in there. This is showing the oils and the bright green. And the oil seeps are the darker colors. And you see there's a lot of oil seeps. There's still oil seeps today. And the first oil was discovered in Pennsylvania because it was seeping to the surface. And so those sealing rocks that seal, you know, they're fractured as well. So there's enough cracks in these rocks that some of the oil will actually escape and get to the surface. And so the earliest oil exploration didn't need a geologist at all. He just drilled near seeps. And that's what they did in Pennsylvania to find the first oil in our country. And then they started doing that in other places around the country. And eventually they just drilled enough they were hitting oil even without a seep. And then they drilled a lot of the easy stuff up as we call it. And then they said, huh, now what are we gonna do? So they <laughs> had to hire geologists to go out there and try to find these folds uh, that seem to trap oil. Even that was a, a new concept at the time. So uh, oil, the oil industry and the auto industry kind of mutually grew up together. And without the auto, auto industry, given the need for gasoline products from oil, you wouldn't have an oil industry either. And so they kind of grew together. And people talk about all these monopolies, or, you know, that, and it's true. Uh, the Rockefellers and things like that, all these monopolies. So, our government had to step in and break up some of these monopolies uh, because they were, you know, controlling the price and that sort of thing. And and, and all the little guys trying to do all, their own oil companies are being bought out and, and you know, pushed out of the market type of thing. So, in that case, the I think the government did a good thing to break up those monopolies. Now, you can get too much in one, but here's a here's picture. Uh, before I get off in politics, here's a picture <laughs> of oil that seeps up. And this is kind of shows that diagram wow. where you get a trap of the oil and you get too much in there, it'll start to leak out. And, and normally, it would just leak up directly above this through some fractures. Uh, but you do get oil today. Uh, this is a picture, I believe, in the Middle East uh, where they're showing oil seeps. So there's still oil seeps today. So the people at the Tower of Babel use some of this oil to put it into their mortar. And they've actually found studies, uh, I wish I had the references, but they've can still see some of this oil made, you know, back in the Mesopotamia and those areas, they can see there's still oil in some of that mortar. So this really did happen. It's been verified. And those mortars are still there. They make a really, really strong mortar. And so what, you what was oil. that reference
1: again? It was Genesis 1. 11 three, eleven three, I believe it was. So if you look looking up Genesis eleven three. I do need to pause. you. I got to let social media go, man, YouTube and Facebook and our podcast audience and television audience. I would love for you to hear the rest of this because I want to ask about uh, why is most of the oil in the Middle East? I mean, according to the if we if we do flood geology or even mm-hmm. older thinking, why do we find most of it in one location? Why, why is there a monopoly there? But Anyway, you could also ask your own questions uh, to Dr. Clary. Uh, just got to come on over to creationtoday.org slash partner and partner with us so that you can get in on this side of the conversation. Thank you guys so much, though, for joining me. We have got an incredible lineup of shows for you uh, here this this next month. It, it really is incredible. Um, or this month. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm stoked about all the shows we have. Uh, So feel free to check out creationtoday.org. Look at the upcoming shows and always join us right here live at noon on Wednesdays for the Creation Today show. Uh, Look forward to seeing you guys soon.